0: This is Action Sports Jax on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane.
1: Welcome back here to ESPN 690. Coming to you live at Dome Hat at Jacksonville Beach. Nice little area we got over here, man. I like this spot. This I like the vibe. We got a little putting green on the side over there. That, that's what my office is missing right now is a putting green.
0: <laughs> you're in your new office.
1: Yep. Yeah, you should get a putting green. By the way, I like the big D
0: as you enter on the floor. It's like they got their own logo. Now you're talking. Should you avoid the logo here at Dome Hats?
1: No, don't, don't step on the logo. Don't step on the logo, Kyrie. Don't step Kyrie. On the logo.
0: Don't do it. I kind of wanted to put that in our. We we did our uh, living room. I was going to put either my face or a big B <laughs> in the in the family what, room floor. What
1: you sure did, you should put the M for Martin out. So so then it's kind of a family affair, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you're doing him. Yeah. Man. And see, uh, Jeff says don't step on the D. He, he knows. <laughs> he
0: knows. A little superstitious. Probably should have roped that thing off. But uh, they really have done a great job here. Uh, they they leased out or bought out or whatever out uh, next door. So now the, they used to just have this. And now they've got the next door, which used to be a salon. Yeah. And. Um, they were able to make this into a showroom. So if you haven't been to Dome Hats in a while, come on out, say hello, and check it out. Uh, you got a bar and a bunch of hats and the good folks here at Dome. Uh, If you have a Dream 18 card, you've purchased it already, well, you can just come out to Dome Hats and get a hat and uh, also see what else they have to offer. So that's kind of how it works with the Dream 18 card. Dome was uh, kind enough to offer that up. Uh, with some of the free stuff that we have, like a T-shirt from Baker Sports and a smoothie from Smoothie King and all the discounted golf. And right now, going into Father's Day now, a couple weeks away, it's the uh, best deal in town, the Dream 18 card, just $45.00. Uh, kind of a final push uh, to sell this thing um, and give you still ample time to use it for golf and the free stuff that's on it until the end of the year. So go to espn690.com. A lot of people taking advantage of it. So while supplies last, uh, you get a chance to get the Dream 18 card. Uh, support some local charities, support the local golf courses, support the local businesses. Uh, and that's what I love about having Dome and Baker Sports. They're homegrown businesses part of our uh, Dream 18 card. So go check it out, espn690.com. One of the reasons we are. Out here, uh, they've really got some cool stuff. If you got a golf outing, this, do what I do. Come visit these guys at Dome Hats, and uh, they'll take care of you. They've taken care of us for a uh, better part of a decade now when it comes to the Action Sports Shack Dream 18, which will be on September 20th. I probably shouldn't have leave here without uh, planning a style for this year's hats because we do have kind of a new logo. Yeah. So we've got to get new hats uh, for this year's golf tournament. Uh, we will certainly be doing that. We have Craig on the line. I think he wants to talk a little bit about the facility. Thanks for hanging around with us, Craig. Appreciate it on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. What's up? Um. Yeah, so I've been living in Atlanta for the last three years, and I've been over to Smyrna, Georgia, where the Braves play their new baseball field. Yeah. And they have this area called the Battery, and I'm saying, you know, nice apartments, um, hotels, restaurants, you know, hang out with your dog, bring your dogs there. And I've seen the reaction to even a lot of J development or any development involving downtown Jacksonville. I just kind of wonder why a lot of residents that's been here, that's been in Jacksonville for as long as me or even longer, why do they seem to be against it? Appreciate it, Craig. Thanks for the call. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690, 904 Always jump in on the YouTube feed, the Twitter feed, uh, the Facebook feed, the Twitch feed as well here on ESPN 690. He brings up a good point. Have you been up there? You haven't seen that, have you? No, I I, I haven't seen it. Uh, And so we've seen, I've been up in that East Cobb area, and they've done a fantastic job with it. You know that live portion of what was proposed in Lot J? Do you remember that? Yeah, for sure. There was this, and everybody's like, well, why do you need a live whatever area? You already have Daly's place. Yeah, yeah. Well, that live area was, the way I envisioned it, it was a little battery park there. Okay. It was kind of this open space where you could do more things. Listen, if you had a big announcement like tomorrow, you could host it there. Sure. Right? In and, and this big gap, almost like a pep
1: rally feel. Like the Jackson landing on steroids. Yeah,
0: yeah, I would say. Yes, but in connection with all the other stuff. Oh, no, of course. I'm there'd just be saying, a lot going like, going that's what yeah. the landing
1: could have been. Absolutely. Yeah. It wouldn't yeah. be an
0: isolated thing. Yeah. So um, that's, that's part of the vision. I think St. Louis is also something we've heard them talk about uh, that has something similar. Mm-hmm. If you go back and look when the Blues were making their run, they had people uh, – uh, you know basically off the balconies of those places yeah. having some fun with it so you can see the scene with the excitement of what's going on in the city and it can be a variety of things like again if there's a big announcement to be made within the city it doesn't have to be sports related but it could be then maybe that's where you hold that event you know you get people um excited and, and down there so i i think i think those places work that's why i'm an advocate for craig I, i'm i'm a fan of it like, but, he, but he's wondering why people are against it. Yeah. I think a lot of it just comes down to dollars. And I think a lot of it also, if you look at the Lot J stuff, came down to how it was done. Yeah. Right? And that's where, from city council to the critics of it, it's how it was done. And uh, where what the money says, where the money's coming from, all those things. Listen. Like I've said I said at the top of the show, I've said it for months, I've said it for years. You're going to have those arguments. It, it wouldn't be healthy if you didn't have those arguments. Uh, and so I think even the Jags understand that. You're going to have that back and forth. Shad Khan, Mark Lamping, those guys get it. But sooner or later, you got to land on something. Yeah. In my opinion, you can't just keep saying, hey, thanks for the idea. Nope. Thanks for the idea. Nope. I mean, you yeah. got to get somewhere with it, in my estimation. But I think, Craig, the answer to it is the critics... It it usually comes down to dollars and usually comes down to taxpayer dollars, although I will say the Lot J situation this time around came down to politics a little bit and also came down to hurt feelings a little bit in my estimation uh, and also came down to the process of it all.
1: I'll I'll put it like this, make it real simple for you, Craig. Um, When you talk about a lot of money getting spent, it comes down to two things. It comes down to money and transparency. Um, the money might have been an issue a little bit, but I think the biggest problem with the Lot J deal was transparency. If people are going to invest their, their energy, their, and most importantly their, their, their dollars, their hard-earned dollars on something, or the city's dollars, um, in that case, they, they want to see everything on paper. They, they want to know exactly what's transpiring and where it's going, uh, and I feel like a lot of people with the Lot J deal didn't feel like they had 100% transparency, so they backed out of it, and that's why we're here now. Yeah, that's a very good point,
0: and tomorrow... When they propose and, and show new renderings and plans and what they have for, again, I think this is shipyards-related. This is practice facility-related. This is some taxpayer money probably involved, but it's not all taxpayer money involved. I think the facility is going to be a con thing. Uh, then I think there's going to – I don't know if stadium will be brought up tomorrow or not, but down the road we know that is, is being eyed. And so I think what you just said is interesting, how they present it and the, and the process – the transparency of that process might be very important
1: coming off the Lot J stuff. Listen, I'm not going to tell, you know, Shad Khan or his people how to do business because they, they know a hundred times more than I ever will know. There's a reason why Shad Khan is the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. But I do feel like you have to learn from your lesson in Lot J. And I think that was the biggest lesson to take away was you have to be transparent of exactly the dealings that are going on. Now, yeah, it's not to say you can't get the best deal possible because that's business. I mean, if you're, if you have the money, you're still trying to get the best deal for you and, and, and as you should. That's why you're in the power position. But at the same time, the people that are responsible for passing this thing through, um, and obviously members of the city, I think they want 100% transparency. So hopefully, you know, sides have learned, uh, how to grow and how to adapt, and hopefully they can get it done this
0: time. We'll see what happens. Uh, the Jaguars will release some of those plans tomorrow. More information tomorrow. We can discuss uh, even more today. If you have some calls on it, nine zero four three six two nine nine zero one. But I think we do. Uh, we'll know a lot more uh, on Thursday morning when that presentation. I think we'll carry that by the way live on ActionNewsJax.com. Uh, that'll begin around ten thirty. Shad Khan, Mark Lamping, Urban Meyer for a little bit. Urban obviously will then run to practice, which is at noon. We'll be out there for that practice as well, uh, noon until two. Hey, Mike Shishovsky. Going yeah, to retire at the end of this year. Yeah.
1: Um, when you uh, think about Mike Krzyzewski, dance. right, Coach, yep. Ka-
0: Coach K, uh, last dance meaning what? Is he the last of the old guard? Well, I'm just
1: saying last dance like it's, like it's his last goal round. Yeah, like, yeah, it, he gets it, one it, more it, victory lap, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. this was
0: a tough year coming off this last year. Sure. But what do you think about when you think about Coach K and Krzyzewski? Because mm-hmm. uh, I think there are a lot of people like Duke. I hate Duke. Of course. Right? Duke's course. the Yankees in yeah, a lot of respect.
1: You know, it's amazing because for as much as people hated, you know, Christian Leitner, obviously, I mean, Grayson Allen got a bad rap, but literally any player to come JJ uh, out of Duke, any player to come out of Duke, literally kind of, you know, they got that hate a little bit just because they are the Yankees and you either love Duke or you hate Duke. Um, but I always kind of felt the thing with Coach Krzyzewski, it was like, you know what, like he's, I don't know, I never felt a lot of hate or animosity towards him. And maybe it's because the way he presented himself, it's the way that he carried himself, it's the success as a coach that he had, um, and it's the way, like, that program embraced him. Like, I never felt animosity towards Coach K. Now, maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm, and I'm not necessarily a Duke fan by any means, but I just, I just never got that vibe, um, from him. And I, obviously, amongst his peers, I think he's very well respected, and he's one of the best coaches of all time in college basketball, and, and you can't deny that. So, um, you know, like I said, it's it's his last dance, and you know I think college basketball is better with him in it. If if he's winning or losing, it's a, definitely a storyline. But obviously, he's seen that it's time to go. Yeah, I, I mean,
0: no doubt, it's time to go at some point. And I do think the game has changed so much. College basketball has changed so much. I, I think for Roy Williams, for a guy like Shashevsky, I, I think the time is right. I, I think it's like I, you got to get out sometime. You don't have to hang on forever. And I think the game has changed. I think that's what happens. You know, I, I look at, like, uh, UNF's athletic director, Lee Moon. I mean, he, he's earned retirement. But also the the NCAA, the whole – everything has changed. It, it's not the way it was 10, 15, 20 years ago. Yeah. Sometimes that can be a hard adjustment. Sometimes it's like, oh, my gosh, get me out of here adjustment. I mean, we're seeing in front of our own eyes. I mean, I've been in the TV business 20 years it's changing and has changed. Almost anybody out there right now in any line of work, your business is changing. We just, if I was 65, I might be out of TV, <laughs> all right? Sure. Um, it's changed. I'm not. <laughs> so yeah. I, I go with the times, and we'll see where this ride takes you, you know. Um, maybe radio's the same or uh, whatever it is, our whole industry. But your, your industry is probably not that different, Is my point. Whatever line of work you work in. Um, here at Dome Hats, this thing's changed. These guys are young guys; they own the company. Oh, uh, you know, they're still progressing. If they were sixty-five years old, would they try to sell it off instead? Maybe. You know, uh, that's really what I see about the Roy Williams and Shashevskis. The game has changed a lot. Uh, the rules have changed a lot. Sure. The stuff you have to deal with has changed a lot. And let's be honest, Shashevsky, even Roy Williams, can't be kings of the sport anymore either. Yeah. And it, and it's. They're not getting back up that mountaintop where they were. They might be able to peak mm. back up
1: there, but they're not going to
0: stay up. No, there, no, alone. They're,
1: no, they're not. At the same time, though, like to me, it's all about the recruits that you get, you know. And, and Coach Roeschewski, even, um, I think, you know, he always had some pretty solid recruiting classes. I mean, when you have the highly touted Zion Williamson just a couple of years ago, like that roster probably should have went to the championship. Yeah, you know, I mean, because they're that good. So. Yeah, I mean, you know, I want to say, well, obviously the modern college basketball player is changing as well, but you're still getting the recruits, right? Like, people still want to come play for you because you are Duke. Like, John Calipari is still getting his recruits because, you know, he's he's great at recruiting. So I don't think it's necessarily really being behind on the times of of how the player operates. I just think, like you said, I mean, it's just the, the game's changing a little bit. Um New things are being implemented, and, and new teams are making a rise. I mean, Florida State being a prime example of that, where you know they, they do a lot of things that Duke doesn't really do. Let's be honest here, yeah. Florida State. So, uh, yeah, I, I just think it's a combination of a bunch of things. And um, at the end of the day, like, like I said, if, if Coach K feels it's time to go, I mean, he's got nothing to prove, really. You know, I mean, the guy's had his fair share of success, so more power to him.
0: Uh, you know, it's interesting called Leonard Hamilton. He's an older guy, but he's finding success now mm-hmm. rather than he found success earlier. It's, it's a strange dynamic. And I'm not saying this is just for the old guys, but the old guard, that's where you see the most significant change in the sport because you remember what it was like 30 years ago, 20 years ago, 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And now it's totally different. It feels different. I can't help but think of the Blue Bloods, if you will, and the NCAA scrutiny and the FBI scrutiny of college basketball over the last three, four years. And although I don't know if the hammer ever really got felt as much as I thought it would, I think it has scared a lot of programs and a lot of coaches and a lot of athletic departments and all those things. I can't help but think that, has balanced the field and hurt some of the blue bloods in the typical teams and programs, it at least knocked them back a step in some way, shape, or form. That does not mean they were cheating egregiously more than any other team or or doing anything, but I feel like it's knocked – them back a peg to the point where if I'm even a big-time recruit, I might stay away from one of those schools because I thought they were under the microscope, and I'm not sure where that might go. Like, are we going to be on probation in a couple years? Am I going to be part of something bad in a couple years? Like, I think that scared some of the recruits away in some of these big-time programs, and I don't know if it's irony or coincidence or a part of it for guys like Roy Williams and even Krzyzewski getting out the time they're getting out.
1: Yeah, but I mean they're still getting the top recruits of the nation, though. You know, but I, I do think that there is definitely a fear in terms of, you know, how they feel about NCAA investigations. But guess what? That's that should be the problem that they have because it should be about fair play. It shouldn't be about these under the tables or these backdoor type of dealings. That's that's not like that's not fair. That's not how it's supposed to work in college sports. So. Um, if this is a result of maybe a little fear or players not you know going to that university because they don't want to go and get in trouble with sanctions, then so be it. Then that, to me, that's the NCAA finally doing a job at something that's actually you know working out for them. So props to them for doing that. Well, and I don't even know if it was on them. I think it was the FBI and others. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I mean, it, you know? think you put the NCAA was behind that? Yeah, so I mean,
0: they, they, uh, they kind of had to be in the middle of it. Sure. But did they do enough? To, and That's why the FBI had to come in and, and clean some stuff. And there's still remnants and, and lingering things about that but i just i thought we're about to see like this whole upheaval of college basketball the way we knew it and never really felt that i do feel like some of the talent might have got spread instead of getting four or five stars you might only get two Mm -hmm. because some of those guys might either go and now look at the way the world works anyway right you get all these new developmental leagues where you can make money you can go play in europe for a year then come back over i mean there's a lot of things impacting it's, it's not just, hey, go get the best high school sophomore and junior and we're Duke. Sign him up. Yeah, yeah. Again, the landscape has totally changed uh, in that regard. Where do you – I mean, it, when you think college hoops, you think John Wooden, right? Sure. C- Coach K is probably not too far behind. I even think of Coach K before I think of Roy Williams, to be honest. Yeah, absolutely. I, I do as well. And Duke, I just think Duke is Duke. They're, <laughs> as Pete Gillen once said – Duke is Duke. They're on TV more than Leave it to, Reaver be- leave it to Beaver reruns.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, now they are, yeah.
0: I haven't seen a Leave it to Beaver rerun in a, in a minute. Uh, but he built that kind of Duke up. He built he the Yankees of college basketball. They were the team. To be honest with you, I hated Duke growing up. Yeah. And now, like, uh, you know, we've done some things with Christian Leitner in town who's still around. Obviously, Grayson Allen played there, another local guy. But really, it was a trip to Duke to see it. Yeah, and yeah. and we went as a family a couple years ago and went to see a game there. And it is a pretty neat place. It's a cool place. But, listen, I still hate the Yankees and I thought old Yankee Stadium was a pretty cool place. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, But Duke was that team. You Either loved them or hate them. And I think they still kind of have that. It, it, that's died down um, a little bit for sure. I, I remember Coach K for a lot of the nice moments he's had. And I know there's a lot of different things, like good, bad, and different. he's had. Um, he has had players like Allen and Leitner who he had to deal with some stuff on the outside. With those guys and more. But Shashevsky was the guy to me that you always heard about going into the other team's locker room and saying nice job even after getting upset in the NCAA tournament. Yep. Like those kind of stories. I, I think deep down is a real classy guy. No, Is sure.
1: for sure? Absolutely, uh, purely class, and and I was honored to stand next to him at a urinal at a U basketball tournament which I've before, as well. So that was uh, that was my coach Chesky moment, uh, my Coach K moment, and I'll never forget it. I'll be telling my grandkids about that. Very one day. good, very good. Yeah.
0: Uh, Coach Krzyzewski uh, will retire at the end of this season, so he'll get a victory lap. Uh, We'll take a victory lap for another hour and a half. (laughs) Here from Dome Hats, Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. It rolls on right after this.
1: Austin Lane. The beer that made Milwaukee famous. Giannis Kempo, big sign, the deer that made Milwaukee famous.
0: Brent Martineau. I can
1: buy that. Yeah, okay. Tom so I'm, so I'm throwing up there. I can definitely buy that. Hashtag and trademark. So if somebody tries to steal it, I'm suing you. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN six ninety. Um, I mean it's uh it's literally when I go home at that point. So, you know, you you uh shoot all the bullets you got and throw the gun too. So you know, I look forward to the you know, to the environment. Obviously our Lake faithful Faith gonna give us a lot of energy. Um and I look forward to the moment. I look forward to the challenge and uh you know, see what brings out the best of me and my, my teammates. NBA superstar LeBron James, I'm going to be honest with you. And, like, I, I've never been a LeBron James hater. Like, yeah, I made fun of the guy when he flops and everything like that, but I've never been a LeBron James hater. And, you know, I mean, w- when he first came to the league, um, goes to Cleveland, I mean, I, I had the posters in my room and everything. Like that. I remember I had the sports, uh, I'm sorry, I had the ESPN cover where it's like, and so it begins, and he's blowing a bubble um, in his first NBA game. I had that hanging on my wall. I've always been a huge LeBron James fan and a LeBron James supporter. And it's funny because I always talked about how it was Allen Iverson versus Kobe Bryant. either team Allen Iverson or team um, Kobe Bryant. Well, the same thing could have been said about Kobe Bryant and LeBron James, where you kind of had to choose one growing up, and I was team LeBron James. I had two of his jerseys. I was a fan. And, you know, through the, the, the whole flopping stuff, you know, want to get into the political stuff, I, that's never bothered me at all. I'm all about using your platform um, the way you want to use it, and he's obviously, I think, done it for the better. But the way that I saw him act last night was really the first time where I said, man, LeBron, what are you doing, man? You're, you're essentially throwing your teammates under the bus. And it was really the first time in his long, lustrous career where I'm just like – I can't co-sign on that stuff. Did you see it last night, what he was doing? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Yeah. And I, I just, you know, I understand the game's out of hand, right? Anthony Davis is out and, and you're frustrated in the refs and all this stuff, but you owe it to your teammates to still be there, right? Like I'm, I'm all for like, listen, I was the ultimate fan of Jordan and Jordan will always be my, my favorite basketball player. Now, like, I grew up in the time when, yeah, Jordan wasn't probably the, necessarily the best loser. When that was that one time where he didn't shake the, I think it was the Celtics' hand or the Pistons' hands or whoever it was. That's fine, man. I celebrate that because you're the ultimate competitor. Um, and, and that's who you are. You play with that fire. But at the same time, I can't come with you when, okay, you're the ultimate competitor, but you're doing it at your teammate's disposal. And you're leaving them out to dry. You're storming off the court before the game's even over. That I can't come with you on. And that his teammates shouldn't be about either. So watching LeBron James do that last night was severely disappointing in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, you're not talking about
0: like five seconds to go in the game. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, there's like a lot of time left in the game. And I'm a a big LeBron James advocate. Like I, I think, I've always said this about LeBron James. And I think it's getting muddied in, in the last couple of years because of the political stuff. Mm-hmm. And he's had a voice in that. And so, therefore, it becomes polarizing and everybody, you know, is is for or against. I mean, that's now there's no like it's not even a debate. Like you can't say, right, Brent, you're out of your mind is what you're saying right now. Or, Brent, yeah, I agree with you. That's it. There's no debate. There's no middle ground. There's no, well, I like this and that, and I, I can see why he did. Nope, none of that. It's it's hard line because that's where we're at, you know, in, in this world on the political stuff. So he has chosen to kind of take a risk in that and put more on his plate on that and be a voice in that um, over these last couple of years. And by doing that, he's made himself more polarizing than ever because he's entered that kind of arena. But look at him as a basketball player. And I have long said this. We've had these conversations many a times. One of the big reasons I've, I've been a LeBron James fan is because the only thing they could knock him for is the decision. <laughs> like, no, for sure, the longest sure, sure. time, the only thing people could knock him for is that or losing in the finals. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. he got to the finals all the time and would lose in the finals more often or, or more than than he would have liked to, and some people would have liked him to. And then the only other thing on top of that would be like, well, if you're anybody ever said, hey, LeBron's creeping up on Jordan, or uh, younger generation who thinks LeBron's the goat, there are many people yeah. that think that. And then you're out of your mind because we're Team Jordan, you know. So those were the arguments or the people that would be polarizing against LeBron James. I thought he was the ultimate star athlete and has been the ultimate star athlete for much of his career where he's not getting in trouble. Uh, He's not making all these headlines for the wrong reasons. Um, If he is doing any of these things, those things, whatever things that we see athletes sometimes do, he was, it's not public. You know, it's very Derek Jeter-ish to me. Where one of my big respects for Jeter is the fact that in New York of all places, he stayed off the back pages, for any of the wrong reasons and was an ultimate pro like the whole time he was there lebron james though is on steroids with that uh not literally because (laughs) he is a global icon and people have expected this kind of stuff from him since he was 14 years old and he delivered and he's delivered on it there's only a couple of athletes in my lifetime that have delivered on it tiger woods I would put Ken Griffey Jr. in that conversation and LeBron James in the conversation. Uh, Kobe Bryant, by the way, might be, but I don't even know if Kobe was at such a young age kind of heralded as much as LeBron James was. So I, I think LeBron has been like an ultimate athlete uh, in this day and age of social media and everything else and ultimate criticism sure. and all that he has on his plate. And by the way, look at a lot of the things that he does um, just back in his hometown and, and other things. And and uh, so I, I've always been a big fan of LeBron. I don't like this look at all. I think he is opening himself up for some criticism late in his career on a variety of things on and off the court. And I don't love that because he felt so squeaky clean to me. And I like that part of his image. I I liked the fact that you couldn't really debate me much. That if Skip Bayless wanted to say something about LeBron James, we knew you were out of your mind. You know, I don't love the fact that LeBron James gave a guy like Skip Bayless ammunition.
1: Oh well, yeah. yeah I, I mean, last well, night, you well, know. You gotta stop listening to Skip Bayless. Well, it's I, I like, don't listen to him. Yeah, but yeah. I'm just saying. But he gave
0: those folks no, sure, ammunition sure. yeah, and yeah. almost rightful and ammunition, you know, yeah. by his actions. And yeah. so that's a that's a bad look. Uh, now, here's my one question about what he, leaving the court and doing what he did mm-hmm. was that a message somehow to his team?
1: No. That's... Um. Or was that him pouting? No, I mean, the, to me, that's sending the wrong message. When when you're supposed to be the, the leader of that team, and like I understand, Anthony Davis is out. He I think he had the it's like a groin, or whatever it is, or the yeah, I think it's a groin. Yeah. Um, he's tough out Tough sledding right now. without him. Yeah. It, it's tough sledding, but it's not like you have a, a bunch of scrubs playing with you. I mean, like, you know, Shorter last year was, I mean, he was highly coveted. Uh, you know, Drummond for a long time was one of the best centers in the league. So, it's not like you have just a bunch of scrubs, you're doing this all by yourself. No. And, and, you know, it comes down to the narrative of, well, if you're such a great player, then elevate the talent around you. I think he's trying to do his best. But if you're trying to elevate the talent around you, they have to follow you, and they have to believe in you. And to me, when you storm off the court before the game's over, and you leave your teammates out there to dry, that, that doesn't, that doesn't invoke motivation to me. That invokes that you quit on us. Like you, you left us out there to take the brunt of it, and you just did your own thing. Now, maybe behind the, behind the scenes in the locker room, they feel differently. Who knows what's going to happen? I'm sure they come out, and they probably win game six, and we're talking about a game seven back in uh, uh, Phoenix. That's probably going to happen. But I just think that when you're in the position that LeBron James is, and you're essentially you're the player, you're the coach, you're the GM, what you says? You know, what would you say? Go. I mean, I don't think that there's any more play There's not any other player in the NBA that has more power right now, uh, that in the league than LeBron James. And I think that when you leave the court like you did and you storm off, I think that sends the wrong message to your teammates.
0: Yeah, I I I agree. I was just kind of asking more of a hypothetical. Of was that some way, shape, or form a message to his team? I can't imagine it was a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And so, listen, this could be they're old. They're hurt. Uh, They won the championship last year. I don't I think when that happens, they're less hungry. Quite frankly, I think they accomplished what they needed to accomplish. And that doesn't mean you can go bow out in the first round. But you're a seven seed against a team that's good and a team that is hungry, by the way. Uh, and i think lebron will play lights out probably coming up that was an embarrassing effort by everyone on the lakers yesterday quite frankly in what usually is a pivotal game 5 um for for these kind of series so uh might be a great story really developing in the nfl, uh, NFL in the nba with uh with a team like phoenix winning it mm-hmm. you know um and give us a break from the drama of lebron <laughs> and the lakers and anthony davis and the bottom line is Anthony Davis isn't going to be healthy, and I'm not even sure LeBron James is fully healthy either. Sure. And so them making a run, which, again, would be fine theater and storylines for the NBA, I just think it's unlikely. I I just don't think they're good enough to do it. Now, there's good enough teams in the NBA, and I... I think they'd probably get dismantled along the way, whether it's Utah, whether it's the Nets in the finals, whether wherever it is. I don't feel like this is a team that's going to win it, catch a second wind, any of those things, especially when Anthony Davis got hurt again. Dame Lillard, yeah. it was sensational, right? Of course, um, and this is the second year in a row we talk about him. Why do I feel like – I woke up this morning and thinking about <laughs> – I don't think about the NBA much, but yeah. I was thinking about it and, and watching some more of the highlights as well,
1: and I'm like – I feel like he's stuck in Portland. Oh, see, I, I disagree. I, I think it, there's talent in Port. Like, if you look at Dame Lillard and C J McCollum, you're talking about probably the most underrated uh, one-two, you know, front court in the entire NBA. Um, because they they can score like you won't believe, and that, that's what the NBA is now. Like, no, they're they playing the best defense. No, but you don't have to. Like, the NBA, it's all about scoring. And, and when we – I said frontcourt, backcourt, I meant. Uh, but when we talk about Dame Laird, obviously he's, he's the captain. He's the guy that everything flows through. He's the point guard. But when McCollum's on, he's on. And, and he's the two-guy. Like, it almost reminds me of Giannis and uh, Chris Middleton a couple of years ago, where you had one of the best players, if not the best player in the league, in Giannis Adakempo, But he couldn't do it himself. He was putting up monumental triple-double type of games, and you had a guy in Chris Middleton who was the shooter who in the playoffs – couldn't hit, and all of a sudden, okay, well, hey, let's focus on Giannis. You swing the ball to Chris Middleton, he can't hit. The Bucks lose. The, the, the Bucks have an underachieving season. It's a lot like the Trailblazers right now. I mean, Dame's doing his job. Dame, the, all eyes are on Dame time, and he's obviously producing. But CJ McCollum, especially that last game, he had a rough one. Yeah. And, and, and I get it. Guys are gonna have up and down games, but when you're the the overall consensus two man on that team, and you're on the team because you can shoot. And you can come through in the clutch when Dame drives and you're wide open in the corner. You got to hit those shots. That's that's the difference between winning and losing. And to me, it falls so much on CJ McCollum.
0: And McCollum was seven to twenty-two in that game, two for eight from downtown. My point being, who's the in a world of big threes? Sure, right you got McCollum and Lillard. Who is technically their big three? Do they need to get another three, a third, uh, a guy, third guy, you know, to, to oh. really have a chance? Like, yeah. listen, man, they could win that game, but nobody's thinking the Nuggets are, I'm sorry, Portland's going to win the championship anyway. Yeah. Just, as good of a talent as he is, as clutch as he
1: has been yeah. in his last couple of years, he needs more help. He does need help. I mean, you can definitely make an argument for their bench as well. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the, this is the league of, of the big three now, so if they bring another guy in, absolutely. But at the same time, you can do it with two. But your two got to show up. And the two guy being Sigma
0: McCollum didn't do it last night. Yeah, they're going to show up in a big-time way. Uh, if they're going to show up. Uh, Brett Martin of Austin Lane here at Dome Hats at Jack's Beach. Uh, come on out. Say hello. We're here until 6 o'clock. And don't forget, check out that ESPN690.com for the Dream 18 card. If you purchase the Dream 18 card for just 45 bucks, best deal in town, hands down. Best deal in town. Best Father's Day gift in town. You can come by Dome Hats and just pick up a free hat. Simple as that. We'll be back. Action Sports Chats on ESPN690.
1: to play tough. I mean, uh, push our guys around and talk shit. But uh, we we can do that too, uh, and we show them uh, as soon as they, they, they came back here that we we can push guys around too. Uh, we can talk as well. So what you gonna do about it? And we can get a win with it. So what you gonna do about it? That's Quinn Capella. Was it? Yes, it was. Did you know that? Stephen told me it You
0: would never have guessed that
1: No, no, not at all, man Stephen definitely told me what was going on there So yeah, that's Clint Capella um, You know, on the verge of maybe closing it out We'll see mm. Time will tell I mean, tonight, 7.30, going down You like the Knicks or you like the, the Hawks? I like the, the Knicks to, to hey, You like the more. Knicks tonight? Yeah Okay Gonna make it um, a little more interesting. Yeah,
0: I think so. I always like that team that's desperate, so desperate. You you can play well and be the uh, like the Hawks and drive, but you're not desperate. Yeah, there's a big difference between somebody who's desperate. Now that's why I kind of feel like I, I feel that's the difference between the Lakers and, and the Suns. The mm-hmm. Suns are I'm not desperate, but they're hungry.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, Lakers, whether they think so or not, are satisfied a bit because sure. they checked the, LeBron is he mm-hmm. checked the box. The pressure's off. Yeah, he won. I can he can always say I won the title in L. A. Yeah, I came here and won a title. The pressure, whether he wants to admit it or not, comes off a little bit.
1: I'm really curious to you see now the 76ers without Joel Embiid um, with that knee injury, how they're going to do now. Does Does Ben Simmons step up? I mean, he you know he's day to day. Not sure how serious it is yet, but he's not playing tonight. You know, and they're yeah. playing a Wizards team that just got came out their first win. So that'll be an interesting storyline to follow a little bit. Yeah, it'll be. Uh,
0: listen, they've been pretty fascinating in the NBA playoffs to this point. Mm-hmm. Um, now, could you take a major hit if the Suns win and, and the Lakers go down? Possibly. Could you make a, take a major hit to the next round if the Knicks go down? Possibly.
1: No, you're not. Th- see, I, I think. I mean, you got the you got the Bucks. The Sixers will eventually close out the series hands yeah. down. And then you're going to have the Nets. Like to, to me, all the storylines are coming out of the East. Like we don't expect the Lakers uh, to go to the finals. Like we'll see with the Clippers and the Mavericks, but I really think the contender this year—it's um, a foregone conclusion. It's coming out of the East.
0: Yeah, I could probably I would agree with you. Yeah. I, but I do think the NBA the NBA playoffs are better—one with the Lakers in it, and two with the Knicks in it.
1: Definitely with the with the Lakers. I, I mean, I, I get the whole Knicks storyline. Like, yeah, the the Gardens rock and everything like that. But like in terms of star talent. Like, I mean, yeah, they have Julius Randle. You know, they, they have good talent, but it's not household talent. Like, you know, at least the Lakers, You obviously you got Anthony Davis, LeBron James. So, like, that makes sense. Like, I don't think that, I mean, with all due respect to the Knicks, I get it. They're a big-time franchise, a big-time fan base. But the NBA, to me, doesn't need the Knicks to go to the finals to be successful.
0: Yeah. Um, hey, a little shift of topics, a little sunshine and rainbows on this topic. Okay. Maybe I get a hat someday. For sunshine and rainbows, by the way, I
1: can't believe I haven't done that
0: already. I'm probably going to just buy my own. There you go, uh, just to keep up with Dilla. <laughs> um, Dilla is living rent
1: free in your head, man.
0: Yeah, the the hat thing got me. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, Frenette has one now too. I mean, what the heck? Yeah. I mean, he didn't even ask for one. Brent wants a hat. That's man. a problem. You can't ask for one. Brent wants a hat. Punt, bam, a punt. How about that one? I like that. Uh, what do we should do? Maybe just Austin, so, Brent, Austin.
1: So, so real. I mean, that's that's an Auburn thing, right? Or not. Yes. Yeah. Okay.
0: Um, little little Alabama. Auburn. Uh, so here's where I'm going with Sunshine and Rainbows today, brought to you by A1A Solar. Mm-hmm. Bucket list of non-mainstream events. So, like, people's bucket list includes stuff Ooh. like the Super Bowl. Sure. Like the World Series, I want to go. The Final Four. I think the Masters is in there for a lot of people, right? Sure. So I'll give you mine. Okay. Have you and I'm really mad at my wife for not doing this yet. Okay. I've asked her for a couple of years. Kaylee's playing softball. Yep. I said, we've already been to Omaha to the College World Series. Okay. Been to Cooperstown with Ty's team. Yeah. I said, Steph, will you put a team together and get everybody organized to go play a tournament around the College Softball World Series time? Hmm. I said I think it'll be a blast to go. Have the Where girls go at? play. It's in Oklahoma City. Okay. It's like so. Go get a tournament together, and <laughs> and they play a tournament for a couple of days. That's what he did in Omaha. Omaha was great. Like yeah. everybody talks about Cooperstown youth baseball, folks. If you're out there listening, Cooperstown's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. It's it's as good as everybody says. Mm-hmm. But go check out the one in Omaha and the College World Series. It's awesome. Like it was a great experience. So I kind of want Kaylee to have that experience. We're running out of time here.
1: No, for so we're going to get on it.
0: But I would actually, I really do want to go to the College Softball World Series. Wow. Uh, now, listen, I've become more of a softball fan. Kaylee's playing. Yeah, it. you're tied to it. But I do believe college softball is getting bigger and bigger and bigger anyway. If you look at TV ratings, excitement around this time of year, mm-hmm. and the College Softball World Series is going to start tomorrow, uh, I think it is bigger. Like, it's not just Brent who thinks it's bigger. I think it is bigger and uh, the sport's getting better and better and better as we go, to the point where I think we're about a decade away from maybe having a professional league of sorts with some impact. Hmm. Like, they're already, you can play some professional softball, but I think we're going to have that, like the WNBA version. Interesting. I really believe it. So that's on my bucket list. Like, Kentucky Derby to me is on my bucket list, but that's mainstream. That's, That's mainstream. I'll give you one that's on, I don't, this one's kind of a cross, Indy 500. Not a huge racing guy, but, but that's, I that's, that's to, mainstream. But that's probably mainstream, oh, that's right? Mainstream. The infield at yeah. Indy 500, yeah. uh, They say is a wild place yeah. to be. Oh man. yeah, man. So, Absolutely. But again, so I'm going non-mainstream. I'm thinking college softball World Series, Oklahoma City. Sign me up.
1: Okay. Um, you can I think would, about it some more. No, I'm going. Uh, I'm going. <sighs> I mean not mainstream party atmosphere having fun. Yeah, so I'm definitely going the World Dart Championships, wherever they hold those. <laughs> it's either in Europe or it's in <laughs> Ireland. You and Wepper going together? Oh dude, for sure. I mean, if you've ever watched that like the it's a giant party. It's like the Coachella of, uh, you know, obscure sports, if you will. And everybody there's got a pint in their hands. Everybody's, like, dressed up. And, and I said dressed up, like, you know, wearing crazy hats and goofy stuff. So, yeah, let's go to the World Dart Championships. All right. I like that. Yeah. Not the Spike Ball Championships. Not, no, no. No one's going to cheer on Spikeball. Even if my son was an all-world championships bikeball player, I'd be like, "Son, I'll I'll watch it on TV." It's How fun. about your go
0: real on. bucket list? Do you have like one of those? Do you have like of, a, th- things that I want to do?
1: Yeah. <laughs> no, not really. I you should don't. get one going. No, yeah, see, I'm not a, a big
0: bucket list guy either. Yeah. Now, I do. I really do want to go to the Derby someday. Yeah, yeah. And I yeah. do want to go to the Indy 500. Yeah. That's on my my list. Yeah. I've always wanted to see because uh, I, I covered horse racing for a bit. So, like Santa Anita. Okay. And the background of those tracks in California I thought would be interesting. But it's not like if I don't get there, I don't get there. Like, I don't really have a lot of bucket list things. Yeah. Derby is
1: probably top of my list. For there. me, it's more music-related and more like music festival-related. Yeah, that's it. good. good. Yeah.
0: What would Where haven't you been that you want to go?
1: Uh, I want to check out Lollapalooza. I um, would want to get to the Firefly Festival. Which is um I think that one's in Connecticut. It was, it? It's like uh, the East Coast. Yeah. Okay. Um, there's a couple of them though. I wouldn't mind seeing Oktoberfest too, like the real Oktoberfest. That's in Germany. Yeah, yeah that would be cool. Um, and then just concerts, um, just a few bands. Like I've never seen the, the band called the Gorillas. Never seen them. Want to see the Gorillas? Want to see M83? Just a couple of obscure. Man, right, go get it. I'm going to. Well, back hey, open. Go get it. I'm waiting for things to open back up. And I We're here. There. We're getting there. Sunshine and
0: rainbows every day here on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Brought to you by A1A Solar. Need a good paying job with a flexible work schedule and benefits? A1A Solar looking for you. $70,000 is a reasonable first-year expectation. Benefits include a tremendous company to work for. Be part of an awesome company at A1A Solar. Visit A1Asolar.com. Football at 5. Coming up next, Action Sports Shacks live from Dome Hats here in Jack's Beach.